Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't we stand to our feet and clap our hands to the Lord because he's worthy. Oh, why don't you go ahead and shout hallelujah because you can. How many believe that Jesus is in the house tonight? Praise the Lord. I, be, I believe in, don't you love midweek? You can tell who's got the Holy Ghost who shows up on midweek service, can't you? Can't your mom attack it? You can always tell I give honor to everyone that is here. And you have to put up with me tonight. Anybody ready to have a little bit of fun? Midweek. Praise the Lord. I'm a little emotional today. You have to put up with me. Little Sadie Joe is three months old. You hear all them women out there. I heard some men's voices say, oh, I got me a big kiss earlier. I said, give daddy a kiss, and she gave me that, oh, So I'm, I'm a little, my chest is a little swelled out this evening. Don't you love living? Praise the Lord and what God blesses us with. And I'll never forget me and my little boy there, and he's not little so much now. He's up to my shoulder and uh, we were on vacation a few years ago and when he was littler and we were sitting on the dock at the Outer Banks. Never forget sitting there and we were sitting on a little dock and, and I was baiting a hook and he, he was catching a fish. That was about all we had time for. And he was putting a fish, man, he was just catching them one right after the other. And all of a sudden he just stopped and he just laid his pole down. He kind of leaned back and he said, Daddy... I said, yes, son. He said, I'm having the life of my time. <laughs> Can I tell you? I'm having the life of my time. I'm having the life of my time doing the work of God. Praise the Lord. Doesn't it feel good to be in the house of God? If you could grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Ruth, chapter 1, in verse 21. I give honor to all the ministry that is in the building and to every saint of God. That is here tonight. I honor you. Thank you for being faithful to the Anchor Church and to your pastor. To my brother I love dearly, him and Cindy. They are so precious in their family. Praise the Lord. Ruth chapter 1 and verse 21. If you're there, say amen. If you're in your Bible, say amen. If you're on the wall, say amen. <laughs> Let's read it together. I went out full. And the Lord had brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord had testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? Question. I went out full, but God has brought me back. <laughs> I went out all by myself, but he's brought me back full. I want to preach tonight to this church about a place called Crossroads, a place called Crossroads. If you could lay your Bible down, and why don't we lift our hands and pray for the Lord to help us. I feel the Holy Ghost walking in here right now. Why don't you lift your voices with your faith? Church of God, let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, on this Wednesday night, God, I pray that you would walk up and down this sanctuary tonight and every hour and begin to touch people and touch their life. God, I pray you would anoint me to preach one more time. Anoint them, I pray, their ears to hear. To receive your word, God, I pray. In Jesus' name we pray and somebody shout amen. If you're going to help me preach, you may be seated. Praise the Lord. What if I told you there was 
a well-researched and statistically proven program that could increase the average life expectancy of your children by the age of eight years, significantly reduce their use and risk from alcohol, tobacco, and drugs, dramatically lower their risk of suicide and help them rebound from depression 70% faster, dramatically reduce their risk for committing a crime, improve their attitude at school and increase their school participation, improve their performance in college and lessen problems with college-age substance abuse, reduce their risk for rebelliousness. Oh, can I get a witness right now? Reduce the likelihood that they would binge drink in college. Improve their odds for a very happy life. Provide them with a lifelong moral compass and get them to wear their seatbelts more often. Is there such a program? Yes, there is. It is supported by research from Duke University, Indiana University, the University of Michigan, the Center for Disease Control, Barna Research Group, numerous independent studies, and the National Institute for Healthcare Research. How much would a program like this be worth to you? What would you be willing to pay for that? What if I told you it was free and only took about two hours a week? Take a look at the list again. This is not a dream, folks. The program is called actively participating in your church. If you'll go to church, you're going to get all of these benefits. I thank God today for all the studies that's been wrote up about all of this. But can I tell you, I don't need the statistics. I thank God I've had parents that brought me up in the house of God so I could see it in my own life, in my own kid's life. In study after study after study, children who actively engage in a faith community on a regular basis are rewarded with significantly reduced likelihood of problems and risks and significantly improved odds of a happier, healthier, longer life. These studies show the same result for adults as well. Junior school class went and did sign language at other churches and things. Two songs while they would, while, while, while anyone would want to leave the church. I've watched them even in our church go and be involved in other churches and watch how they grow and their family begin to grow being involved in the church. I thank God for Sunday school. Can I get a witness? I thank God for children's ministry. I thank God for youth ministry. I have been in the church long enough to watch people walk out of the church. I've been in church long enough to see them walk out of the doors and maybe find something wrong with it. But if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. You can either see your way into the church or you can see your way out of the church. And I choose today to see myself in the church and being saved in the church and loving the church. How many loves the church tonight? I love what the psalmist said. He said, how amiable are thy tabernacles, O God, O Lord of hosts. 
How amiable, how lovely, worth of love, deserving of affection. How beautiful, how lovely is your sanctuary. He even went on to say, my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. He said, I tell you what, let me just get to the point. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I tell you what, just let me watch the door. Just let me be a part. I would much rather be in the church. Somebody shout, just give me a job and let me hang out with you. It feels good just to be in here tonight in the house of God. Can I tell you, you always have prodigals to walk out. It's in a parable. But can I tell you, what do you do with what you've known? Let's get serious here a minute. What did God, and I don't ever want to see a preacher backslide. But preacher, what do you do with what you've known? If you would ever walk out of the church... What do you do with what's been instilled with you? It would drive you absolutely insane until you got back to the altar because you can't unlearn what you receive in these altars. Now let me get to the point. Yes, there's prodigals. There's prodigals out there. But guess what? They're going to come to themselves because there's nothing out there. There's nothing like the church. There's nothing like the church. This is what I believe just like the prodigal came to himself. There's an awakening coming in this last day revival. And they're going to come to their self. They will come to a place of a crossroad. Where they remember what it was like to feel the presence of God in the altars. There's nothing like the presence of God. How do you compare what you feel in here right now? With a, with a high, you get off a drug on the street. Can I tell you, there's no high in the world that could pull me out of the church. There's no temptation, no experience that could get a hold of me to the place to make me want to leave all of this. In the presence of God for one moment or season of sin. I would to God I had some people in this house and say, I tell you what, I made up in my mind. There's nothing like the church. There's nothing like the house of God. There's nothing like gathering here on a midweek service. I'll give somebody a high five and say, I'm just glad to be here with you. There's nothing like just being in the presence of God, worshiping God, and feeling what God's doing among us. Can I tell you, you can't compare it to anything in the world. There's not a drink at the bar better than what I'm drinking from the fountain of God in this house. I'll go ahead and shout a minute. I'm thankful to be a part of the living God and being in the church. I'll go ahead and take a moment and shout. I know you're wanting to. I know it's midweek. But I'm telling you, I'm so thankful to be a part of the church. Uh, There ought to be a thanksgiving on the inside of us. It says, I'm thankful to be a part. I just love grabbing a cup of coffee and hanging out at the church. I'm feeling real comfortable. It's about to get wild in here tonight. I love being at the church. 
And I got a bunch of people around me. Mama Tackett, I love at the church. They love just hanging out at the church. Sunday morning's usually an hour and a half before church. There they are. Can't get rid of them if I wanted to. Just walk around with a cup of coffee, talking and having a good time, getting ready for minister's classes, 9 o'clock. People walk around teaching Bible studies. Are y'all hearing this? Our church is only 10 years old this past week. You look around, there's people walking around that wasn't in this two years ago. Now I'm about to make a point right now. If you've been in this so long that you're so accustomed that it's not as exciting as it once was, can I tell you, you need to get baptized again in zeal and passion and realize this is the greatest thing on earth is just being a part of the church. Sunday morning, Brother Justin, he said, Pastor, it'd be all right if I skip the minister's class. I said, what's going on? He said, well, I've got a Bible study to teach this morning. It'd be all right to teach that Bible study to a group. I said, have at it. I looked at one of our young preachers. I said, go with him. You need to hear what he's saying. Where's this happening at? It's at the church. Church is one of the greatest things. Listen, church is so wonderful now. I wish years ago that I adopted this idea. Not only can you come and feel God, but you got a coffee shop. You know why? So you can hang out a little before and then hang out a little bit after. You ought to have a love for hanging out with one another in the house of God. I'm asking you and challenging you, fall in love with the house of God again. Fall in love with one another again. There's nothing like this house of God. What? I got to get to my message. You got to hear me. Brother Nehemiah, what would get inside of a person to make them want to leave this? Money, fame. Old Testament is an illustration and a story that I love. But it starts out really bad, and it's Naomi. Naomi, the Bible says that I guess it got kind of a bad time, if you will, and there was hardly any bread. She left her family, and they went to Moab. Why would you leave this place? How many understands that revival isn't always going on, that you have your low moments in the church? Well, you find out who's rooted then, don't you? Huh? I'm losing all my shouters right now. How many knows what I'm talking about? Anybody can shout when everything's going good, but you go through a little something in the church. The wind starts blowing. I want to tell you what, it's in those times you got to rally together. It's in those times when the wind starts blowing. you got to let your roots get into something more than you and shout anyway. How many feels the Holy Ghost in here right now? Because it doesn't matter good or bad, we're still a part of the church. It got a little bad and they left and went to Moab. And Nothing ever happens good when you leave the church. I've never met, oh here we go, I have never met a happy prodigal in my life. How you doing? How you doing? There are them people who say morning instead of good morning. How you doing Morning. Come on, when you're Holy Ghost filled, it's always. Come on, church. Every morning you get up, there's a fresh breath of air inside of your spirit. You ought to think it's a good morning. They left the house of bread and went to the world. It doesn't get into a lot of details. 
men of God, but all I can tell you is Milion and Chilion died. The husband died. Bad things begin to happen. Bad things always happen when you leave the house of God. Something began to stir up in Naomi. She heard. <laughs> she heard that there was bread back where she left. She said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I think I'm going to go back home. Can I tell you, I literally believe in the midst of the revival that you're having, word is beginning to spread. And you know, like, hey, remember, I remember an altar I used to be at, and I remember a ministry I used to be a part of, and I remember those worship services where I'd take off shouting and lose control, and I was here, but I ended up over here, and I've got to get back to that. You cannot unlearn what you experience. Let me give you a new term. You can't unexperience <laughs> what you've experienced in a Pentecostal altar. You can't shake it off of you. You might be backslid and as lost as last year's Easter egg. But I want to tell you right now, when you can be walking and have a memory of a moment and you'll feel the presence of God and say, I would to God I could get back to that. I'm preaching to somebody in here. You're at a crossroads. I come to tell you there's nothing greater than where you're at right now. There's nothing greater than the presence of God. How many believes that? Shout amen. I've got to move on. You've got to hear me, church. You've got to hear me. They left. They lost everything. She said, let's go back home. She didn't go home all by herself. Bible says that Orpah and Ruth began to follow her home. She didn't really want to follow him back. It's going to be an embarrassing journey going back home empty. He said, we want to follow you. We want to go. And she didn't want them to follow her out of obligation. But they came to a crossroads, even in themselves, a decision. I want to go with you. Naomi began to speak to them. You see, our God's not like your God. Our, our, our cultures aren't like your cultures. Our ways are God. He's not like what you know here. See, back home, back in the church, there's power there. There's ways we live in holiness where we don't, we don't go and corrals at the bar and we don't, we don't go and just karaoke because everybody else is doing it. We don't, we don't hang out. We don't do things the world does. Ruth said, entreat me. <laughs> I don't care what she's saying. Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after you. For wherever you go, I want to go with you. And wherever you live, that's where I want to lodge. And I want your people to be my people. And I want your God to be my God. Can I tell you, that is the hunger of this world. And can I tell this church, the prodigals that are coming home aren't coming home without somebody with them. They're going to bring somebody with them. Some of your greatest soul winners isn't even going to church yet. But when they walk through, they're going to be bringing those they partied with into your altar. Come on, if you believe it, you ought to shout a moment. You ought to clap your hands if you believe it. They're coming home with them. I don't want to go into all the details, but Ruth came or chose at a crossroads to go her own way. 
Ruth had something in her. Go ahead, you can. But I see something in this lady that I want to go where she's going. And Naomi, wherever you die, that's where I want to die. And wherever they bury you, think about the commitment. Grave plots. Wherever you're going to be buried, that's where I want to be buried. They left the crossroads and started for home. Naomi comes home. Remember, she went out full. Came home again empty. Now she's standing, lost everything she had. Now she's got to try to find a place. And they know who she is. Wonder what happened to her. Come on, you know how we do. Prodigal walks back in and you see, (laughs) you can see everything the world's done to them. You see them walk in, and they're a shadow of what they used to be. They walk in the door with their head down. Can I tell you, saints, this is where it can be really bad when I get upset at my church. Can I tell you what you don't ask them? Where have you been? Had a lady do that one time. I wanted to get a skinny part of a fishing rod. But I didn't because I have the Holy Ghost. I wanted to get... Man, you could just, I'm telling you. I need to get some guards out front. They come in and say, where have you been? You ain't been here for you. That is not what they want to hear. They've lost it all. And they're crawling back just hoping they can be a part. When they walk through the door, don't say, ask them where they've been. Say, it's so good to see you. Run back in the sanctuary and grab some else that you wouldn't believe who's here today. They came home. Naomi is back home in the land of bread. How many feels what I'm preaching right now? They walk back. You better love them. Love them. Don't ask them where they've been. Can I tell you? Because if you start asking where they've been, they'll never stay. They don't want to talk about where they've been. They just want to know if they're a part again. Can they be a part of your family? Can they fit in? Can they fit in your church? I believe in this place, it doesn't matter where people come from. I believe they'll fit here, don't you? I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. Can we take a moment? I've got to finish. But how many is ready for that type of revival? Come on, some of you haven't moved yet, but I can help me ready for that type of revival where they're coming in and you're going to love them again. Somebody received that word and said, I believe it's going to happen. It's going to happen now. It's going to happen. In Jesus' name, Naomi said, don't call me Naomi. Call, call, Call me Mara. I'm bitter. I'm bitter. When people come in, they're going to deal with bitterness. They're going to have things. They go out full, come back empty, a total loss. But can I tell you, they can fit in the church. What I love about this, and I've got plenty of time to preach. I see the time, but if you could give me a few more moments. The Bible says that, that Ruth, I love the story. The Bible says that Ruth, she's the outsider. She don't really fit. They know who she is. Oh, you know who that, that's that, that's that, that's who they picked up while they were in the world. That's that Moabitish woman. 
She just kind of stuck to her guns, if you will. That's what we say it in West. She just kind of stayed the course and listened to mama. We need some mamas in the church. I heard one hand clap and a couple weird amens going on there. How many believes we need some mamas in the church? I didn't say a bunch of pastors. I said just a mamas. Love them. The Bible says that Naomi instructed Ruth. Just go out. She went out trying to find something to eat. They were hungry. So she's out trying to find some food. God's so good. She's out walking in the field. She's in the corners, you know, kind of the welfare system of that day. They left the corners for them, and she's out there just trying to pick up what's left and trying to pick it up. And All of a sudden, the Redeemer comes by. Hey, why don't, why don't you come over here? And why don't you hang out with my reapers? Just, just hang out with them. She goes home, and she's got all of this food. Look, Mama, look what God's blessed us with. Who, who did this? Well, Boaz did this. Who? Boaz? You, you don't know who he is, honey. He's, you've got to understand, Ruth, he's, he's, he's our kinsman redeemer. If anybody can buy us back, he can. it's not by chance that you ran into him today. I mean, his field out of all the other fields, you know what she was saying? Mama was saying, hey, just maybe there's a glimmer of hope. Maybe we're going to get some things back. She said, go back there. <laughs> oh, she shows up this time. She goes back, and, and all of a sudden, the Bible says they're dropping handfuls on purpose. It wasn't on accident when you came to God that you got that job. It wasn't by accident that somebody walked up and shook your hand and there was a $50 bill in it. It wasn't on accident. It was on purpose. You're walking around saying, well, this happened because and this and, and this. No. Can I tell you, when you're coming to God, there's going to be hands full on purpose for your life. Tell me, somebody yell out, God's got it. God is in control, and he's putting things in your path because you're coming to him. Pastors, it wasn't on accident that when you came to God that there was handfuls of mercy and grace on purpose. We got people coming in in Parkersburg. They come from the prison. The prison. They come from the streets, and they're walking into church. Had been in church hardly no time, Brother Jerry, and now they're making sixty thousand a year at a job. It's not on accident. Somebody's looking out for you in your journey back to the church. See, you might have made bad decisions when you left, but you came back empty and God's saying, look at them, come back home. I'm going to help them out a little bit and I'm going to do it on purpose. Those little things I'm going to put in your life. Can, how many can testify right now? Just kind of give me that little hand that you know what I'm talking about right now. That you knew it wasn't an accident. That God helped you and blessed you when you was on your way back. It was on purpose that God blessed you. 
Oh, somebody clap your hands and thank God for what God's done on purpose. It was on purpose that he healed you. It was on purpose that he touched your body. It was on purpose that he put your marriage back together. It was on purpose. Somebody shout, he didn't have to do it. But he did it on purpose. It wasn't on accident I'm here. It's no accident we're all sitting here today. While we were walking in our journey back to the church, it was on purpose. Another crossroads where we're walking back where God is taking care of our life. He, she comes back. You know, Boaz, I guess she was kind of good looking. <whistles> Ruthie, baby, you're looking fine today. She's in my field. You young men stay out. You leave her alone. She's in my field. You can just come back to my field anytime you want to come back to my field, little darling. I can hear Boaz saying. He'd take care of mama, wasn't he? You see, the Redeemer had intentions that maybe she could maybe be a bride one day. Some of y'all going to hear it here in a minute. Because while you was yet sinners... We don't need no music to shout on this Wednesday night. While we were yet sinners, the Bible said Christ died for the ungodly. <laughs> he had his eye on us a long time ago, and we are his bride. He, he just kind of on purpose talked to her. Naomi took notice. I believe Naomi is a type and shadow of a pastor. Naomi said, well, you know what? You, he's taking notice of you, and he's the only one that can fix our mess. Let me tell you what to do. He went in with barley tonight on the threshing floor. But don't you go in there with that old ragged skirt on. You all sweaty and dirty from working the field. Wash yourself. Anoint yourself. Repent. Be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ. Seek. Seek the Redeemer. Now, I, know, I know you're not perfect. I know we've messed up. Ruth. But if you'll just start the process. I don't know what's going to happen when you get to where you're going. But if you can do all that you can do. The Redeemer surely won't turn you away. The Bible says he's going to be winnowing barley. You, you prepare your raiment. Put on your best dress. <laughs> and walk in the threshing floor. Prepare your heart for the Redeemer. And when he lies down, you go mark that place where he lied down. It's going to be dark when you get there. You need to mark your place. I don't know how she marked it. I don't know if she... Push a little weed out of sight. I don't know what she did, but she knew where the Redeemer was. The Bible says that when he laid down, she went and uncovered his feet and laid down. And she got there and just covered up under him at his feet. He, he wakes up, startled as any man would, I guess. <laughs> what in the world? What are you doing? Who are you? 
Who are you? She said, I'm, I'm your handmaid, Ruth. Spread your skirt over your handmaid. Thou art my near kinsman. He said, Blessed be thou of the Lord. For you have showed me more kindness in the latter end. Listen to me. Than at the beginning. In as much as you follow us, you could have followed a rich young man. But you chose me. How all of a sudden is the Redeemer looking at you saying, what gets my attention about you is that you're seeking me. Have we got it all wrong? That the whole time we're seeking redemption, the Redeemer's looking for a relationship with us. I bring to this church tonight, just keep moving forward and stay the course. Those that are on the crossroads, I come to sway you and tell you there's nothing greater than the church. There's nothing greater than the house of bread. There's nothing greater than serving God. I want us to stand all over the building. All over the building. There's nothing greater than the church. There's nothing greater than having a great pastor. You've got one of the greatest pastors in the world. He's not here, so I'll talk about him a little bit. Your first lady is one of the greatest ladies I've ever met in my life. Now, he can clean this up if he wants to later, but I'm going to say something. See, it's getting awkward right now because you know I'm a pastor and you know me a little bit with my personality. I want you to hear me. It's okay to have a life coach as long as you're on a treadmill or lifting weights. But when she gets running off the treadmill and you're done, you need to leave the life coach aside and say, I need a pastor. I'm in the Holy Ghost with what I'm saying right now. You don't need no life coach. You need a pastor that's full of the Holy Ghost to tell you how to be saved. How many believes what I'm preaching? Clap your hands all over this. I'm trying to help somebody right now. Fire the life coach. Fall in love with your pastor and pastor's wife. He knows what the Redeemer likes. This Redeemer is story is so beautiful. Music can come. I'm just about done. Thank God Naomi told Ruth what to do. Boaz not only redeemed them and bought back their inheritance. Other people could have, but they wouldn't do it. They didn't want to be marred with the story of Ruth. They didn't want to deal with Ruth. It was okay buying back what Naomi did, but they didn't want the luggage that Ruth brought. Something happens at the end of the story that grabs my attention. Boaz not only redeemed Naomi, redeemed everything that they lost, but he married Ruth. He, he didn't have to fall in love with her. 
He had the power to take off a shoe, make the transaction in Jewish culture. But he didn't have to marry her. He didn't have to identify with her. It's like this kinsman redeemer thing kind of flows through the Bible. And he didn't have to love us either. He, he can redeem us and buy us back, but he didn't have to marry. <laughs> he didn't have to come into a relationship. You study the scripture. The Bible says Boaz married Ruth. And they had a son. <laughs> they called his name Obed. Obed. Obed had a son. And they, they called his name Jesse. And then Jesse had a son and they called his name David. But as I read my Bible, there was another son who was called the son of David and his name was Jesus. This Redeemer thing just kind of flows through the family. From Boaz my Jesus because you know what he didn't have to do all this but he did today is the day of salvation on this Wednesday night I'll reach out to you to tell you God wants to redeem everything you've ever lost he wants to buy back everything that you left don't know who you are I'm not going to walk through the crowd to try to discern who it is. But you're here tonight, and it's not on accident. It's on purpose. If you was on your way out, surely you're not going to walk out now. Your worst day in the church is better than your greatest day in life. And I'm so glad to be in this place right now. I wonder if we could lift our hands all over this building. I feel such a sovereign move of God. That's it. Pray for a moment. I feel such a touch of the Holy Ghost in this house. God, I pray you begin to move upon the hearts of the saints. God, I pray for a touch of your spirit in this place right now. Only you can draw to repentance. Only you can call. Only you can draw. God, I pray you begin to draw tonight in this house. In this midweek service, Lord, I pray for your love to abound. And God, you let them feel your presence one more time. God, as you walk up and down the avenues of this place, I wonder if we could do something right now. If you could grab your neighbor's hand, if it's appropriate, and let's walk together to this altar. And let's feel the front of this place and say, God, I don't ever want to leave the church. I don't ever want to leave a relationship with you. I am commit my life to you tonight for the rest of my life. Can we do that all over this place? I commit my life to you. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. My greatest days have been in the church. My greatest days. Doesn't matter if it's prayer meeting. It's one of the greatest days to just walk around, be with God's people. Don't leave the church. Don't leave the church. Fall in love with everything about the church. Fall in love with the church. 
That's it. Lift your voices. Lift your voices. Lift your voices in prayer. That's it. Let there be a roar. <laughs> when I was a kid, there'd be a lot of commitment services. I want you to commit, God, I'm never leaving the church. I'm never going to leave the church, God. I commit my life and my family commits to the church. right now Jesus, commit to the church savior. commit to the Lord God you purchased it with your own blood and I'm going to be faithful you. every service I'm not going to miss one revival I'm not going to miss one prayer meeting I'm not going to miss one thing Jesus at the center missing God that's it young people Jesus commit Come on, I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. I want you to pray with everything you got. Beginning to the end. Pray, pray, pray. 